larger, you know. But uh, uh, the, uh, the, the analogy is still the same, and I, I hope it'll be a help and a blessing to you. I, I, think, I think what we're going to go over tonight is one of, the most, one of the most important lessons for Christians to learn. Uh, because what, what we're going to look at tonight is a pattern. You know, you can, you can learn things through principles. You can learn things in, in Scripture through precepts. You can learn things through uh, pictures that God has in the Bible. You can also learn things through patterns. And what we're going to look at tonight is a, is a pattern. And the name of the message is, is simply going through the wilderness. And it's something that all of us will do. And we're going to do it probably a whole lot more times than just one or two times in our lives. It's a, it's a pattern and it's a cycle that seems to repeat itself uh, in the Christian life. So with that in mind, you should be at 1 Corinthians 10 right now. By now, uh, let's all stand together. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want you to look at me in verses 1 through 13. 1 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I, I, would not, I, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the, in, and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of, of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that she may be able to bear it. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you would lead, guide, and direct during uh, this message tonight. Uh, Father, I'm, I'm excited about uh, what I have to impart upon, uh, to our folks. And, and uh, Lord, it's something that you have taught me and showed me in my own personal life. I've seen this pattern over and over and over again. I've watched it in the lives of other folks and uh, God, how we respond when we're going through the wilderness is so very, very crucial. And it can make the difference between making it in the Christian life and just crashing and burning in the Christian life. So, Father, I pray that uh, you would have free, free, free rule uh, tonight in each and every one of our hearts. Get our attention tonight from from your to your word and uh, father i just pray that uh, you would speak to our hearts help us to learn something tonight help us to make some some determinations tonight and some decisions tonight that will make a difference in our in our lives god we pray that you would get the honor and you would get the glory through all that's said and done for us in jesus name that we pray and all god's people said amen, amen. you may be seated the, the, the verse that really grabbed my attention in all of those is verse, particularly verse 11. Now, all these things happened unto them for examples. In other words, they're examples to us. They went through it so we would learn from it. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now, with 
that in mind, take your Bibles and turn backwards to the book of Romans, chapter 5. And I have come to see that Romans 5, the first five verses, are kind of the Christian life in a nutshell. And uh, Romans 5, verse 1 starts out and says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith unto this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given uh, unto us. I appreciate uh, Grant Miller doing this, this drawing for me because uh, if I did it, it would not be as easy to read as it is tonight uh, with him doing it. But what, what, what that tells us is this, is, is that the, the, the whole process starts with salvation. We're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And during this time, uh, God... God encourages us, takes care of us right afterwards. Um, there, there is, uh, uh, in fact, Preacher Keck calls, calls the very beginning of the Christian life baby fat. Uh, basically what it is is he just, he just kind of nurtures us and helps us along. We're babies. We're, 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 we're infants in Christ, and, and he encourages us. But eventually there comes a crash, there comes the wilderness. There comes uh, some, some difficulties. And if you look with me, in verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So in the, in the very beginning, when you get saved, God gives you peace with God. You didn't have that before you got saved. But either you were at enmity with God, according to Romans 5 later on, it, it tells us that we were at enmity. But when you trust Christ as Savior, you get peace with God. You also rejoice in hope. Why? Well, because you didn't know you were going to heaven before, because you didn't have that thing settled. Now your sins are all forgiven. Man, you know, everything is, everything is, is great and wonderful. And, uh, you know, you, you are saved and your sins are forgiven and you got heaven to look forward to. And God does special things for you during, during this initial period. Uh, you know, he, he encouraged me all over the place. And you look at the, at the, at the Old Testament when, when uh, Israel came out of, of Egypt, God did some special things for them. For instance, he led them by a pillar of fire and he led them by a pillar of cloud. Now, he didn't do that forever, but he did that for a short period of time you say, well, he did that to protect them. Yeah, he, he, sure, sure he did. And there was special protection upon them, but there was also special encouragement from that pillar of, of cloud and that pillar of fire. But then after they went through the Red Sea and after they looked over their shoulders and they saw Pharaoh and his armies drowning in the Red Sea, then they hit the wilderness. And the wilderness is described in, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, in the very first part of the verse. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. That's what this is. It's not, it's not the tribulation period. It's just tribulation, uh, difficulties, problems, and so forth that you, that you get in your life. Then God begins to work on you down here and if you respond right down here then he takes us up and we end up in verse in the the, the last part of verse five, uh, verse three that says knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not a shame now that's all contingent upon how you respond in the wilderness. And Israel responded wrong. 
They did so over and over and over and over again. And that first generation, because they did not respond right and they didn't learn the lessons that God was trying to teach them in the wilderness, they ended up missing out on the promised land. And Moses fell into that, into that same hole himself when uh, he, he uh, uh, really uh, lost, lost faith uh, in, in God and did not trust him like he should have. And when he was told to speak to the rock rather than smite the rock, he got mad, he got angry, and the, the, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And he ended up uh, smiting the rock and he lost the promised land. And so, uh, so, so, so those folks, that generation, uh, did not get the blessings that God had taken them out of Egypt for because they, they failed uh, in, in the wilderness. And they did not, uh, they did not uh, respond properly. And if you respond properly, what God will do is he'll, work, he'll teach you patience, he'll teach you experience, He'll teach you hope. He'll give you new hope. And, and you'll not be ashamed. Uh, in other words, you'll have, you'll have some boldness that you didn't have first, at first going into the wilderness. You see the same thing with Job in Job's life. Uh, Job was, was uh, living a, a life for God. He, he uh, uh, was uh, a, a good man. He was a righteous man. And God protected him. He built a hedge around him. Then he took that hedge and he brought it down and he said, okay, devil, you can go ahead and you can afflict him. And he allowed the devil to attack Job. He went from here, crashed, went into the wilderness. And uh, he responded right. Uh, when his wife said, uh, you know, why don't you curse God and die? He said, his response was, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And when you see him on the other side of the wilderness experience that he went through, he gained patience and, and he, he learned how to exercise that by praying for his friends when they were in trouble. He, he learned experience, he got new hope, he, he was not ashamed, and then the very last thing that it says that, it, that this whole experience does for us when we respond properly, look down at verse 5. It says, and, and hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. There's a special love when you come through this process that you get at the end that you didn't have going in. Now, the wilderness is how God trains and equips all of his children. Now, the wilderness might, is going to be different for you than it is for me. And then, and then like I said, it's not, just, it's not a one-time shot. It's not just, okay, I'm glad that's over, and now we'll just go on with the Christian life. No, oftentimes it's a cycle, and it'll go on over and over and over again. The, the wilderness takes many shapes. And it takes many forms. But each of the trips that you and I make into this wilderness, each of the trips is personalized. It's for you. Um, I've never gone through what Job went through. I haven't ever gone through some of the things that the children of, of Israel went through in the wilderness, in their wilderness. You look at, at somebody else's life, and that's why the Bible says comparing themselves among themselves, they were not wise. What that, what that says in the Greek is comparing themselves among themselves, they were just flat stupid, okay? They're just dumb. Uh, they, you know, they didn't have any sense. You don't have any sense at all when, when you compare yourselves among yourselves because God deals with us as individuals. And so that wilderness is always personalized, and it's just for you because God knows exactly what you need, and he knows exactly how to, uh, how, how to, to, to help you become more like Jesus Christ. We, like, we love that part 
of uh, Romans uh, chapter 8. Well, turn with me. You're, all, you're already in Romans. Just go to Romans 8. Romans 8, of course, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And, and then it, it says that for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, verse 29, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We like that conforming part, but uh, sometimes the, the, the process uh, is, is what takes us through the ringer. And uh, that's what the wilderness is. It's sometimes, it, it's, sometimes it's a swamp. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a meat grinder. Sometimes it's a ringer. But we go through it because it is necessary. It is something that is absolutely necessary for our Christian life. And like I said, it, it will, it will uh, reoccur in different forms and in different shapes uh, in different times in our lives. Now go back with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want you to look with me down in verse 5. Notice what God said happened to the children of Israel. Because of their wrong response in the wilderness. Down in verse 5. It says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. They were overthrown. What happened? They failed. They failed the test. They did not learn the things that they were supposed to learn when they were going through the wilderness. And then in this passage, God gives some warnings about the wilderness. When you go through the wilderness... Just like they were up against some things, we're going to be up against some things. Look down in verse 6. It says, now these things were our examples uh, to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. You're going to have a temptation during the, the, the wilderness journey. You're going to have a temptation to lust after things you're not supposed to lust after. You're going to desire some things that you're, that you're not supposed to go after. They, you know, and, and the, the, the children in the wilderness had, were, were susceptible to idolatry. They were susceptible to gluttony. Uh, there, were, there were just some things that they lusted after that they should not have lusted after. And it was while they were going through that wilderness experience. You look in verse 7, and it says, Neither be ye idolaters. As were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Um, the Bible says that uh, covetousness is idolatry. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, temptations you're going to have going through the wilderness will be covetousness. Uh, again, comparing yourselves among yourselves, ourselves, we, are, we were not wise. Um, the... Uh, 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 idolatry part is just, you know, it's not, it's not just uh, bowing down to an image and worshiping it. Idolatry is simply anything or any person that gets our first love. Uh, the, the problem that the church at Ephesus had, according to Revelation chapter 2, is that though they were doing a lot of things right, they had left their first love, you know, and, I, and I've heard that preached erroneously, I believe, uh, that, well, the first love ought to be your service for God. The first love ought to be, uh, you, you know, uh, loving souls and, and winning souls. No, your first love is Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, we're to love the Lord, with all, the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And uh, that ought to be our first love. And anything that gets in the way of that uh, becomes an idol, and, and we become guilty of idolatry. Uh, verse, verse 8, another warning, says, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Of course, that's talking about, that's talking about moral sins, sexual sins. And uh, that temptation is going to be there 
uh, in the, as you go through the wilderness. Down in verse 10. Um, verse 10 says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and, and uh, were, were destroyed uh, of the destroyer. Uh, you'll have a tendency to complain. You'll have a tendency to... And of course, you look at the, the children in the wilderness, and over and over and over again, that was how they responded. They, they would uh, uh, come up against a problem, and they'd immediately start complaining. They'd start griping. They'd start bad-mouthing Moses and Aaron. They'd start talking about, boy, I wish we never left Egypt. Oh, I wish we could go back. And, and they, they went on and on and murmured. That is the temptation you're going to have when you go through your wilderness experience. And then, then uh, in verse 12, it says, uh, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. You're going to have, have a problem fighting pride off. Pride is going to, going to be there as well. And, uh, and, and all of these things are, are warnings of temptations that we can fall into as we're going through the wilderness experience. The blessing is that God always has an escape hatch. In verse 13, it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. How can we make it through this? Uh, you know, you're up against insurmountable odds. Um, when, after, after Israel went through the Red Sea, they, the first temptation they had was the, a difficulty they had was the waters of Mara, and they were bitter waters, and they needed water, they needed something to drink. And uh, uh, what did God do? Well, God provided for them and, and sweetened those waters so that they could drink them. Uh, God will either take you through the, the, the situation and give you strength to get through it, or he'll deliver you from it. But one way or the other, he'll make sure that you get through. Verse 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. The reason why you go get, get through that wilderness is not because of you. It's because of God. And because God is faithful, and we need to trust that faithful God to, to, to get us through. It says, God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that she may be able to bear it. Sometimes uh, he takes you through it, you grit your teeth, you trust God, and, and you make it to the other side. Other times... He'll, he'll miraculously give you uh, an answer. He'll give you some extra strength. He'll do something to, to, uh, to, to get you through that wilderness experience. But, but in every case, God always makes a way to get through the wilderness. We've just got to hang in there and trust him for it. Now, take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 talks about Israel in the wilderness as well. In Hebrews chapter 3, look with me beginning, <coughs> look with me beginning in verse 8. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 8. God says, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be, be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but 
with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. If, if you remain faithful during this time, and it can get exceedingly tough and exceedingly hard, but if you'll remain faithful during that wilderness trip, uh, there's a blessing that's waiting on the other side. Here's what I've observed, however. I've watched folks enter into the wilderness and before they got to the other side, they quit. Before they got to the other side, they made a hugely bad decision that prevented the rest of the process to be fulfilled. Uh, they, and that's exactly what, what Israel did. They made a huge mistake when they sent the scouting troops uh, in. The ten, uh, 12 of them went in. Ten came back and said, we can't. Two of them came back and said, we can't, but God is able. And, uh, and, and uh, uh, because of that, they ended up losing out on the blessing that God brought them out of Egypt for, took them through the wilderness for, and now they're just going to die in the wilderness. And, and I've watched, I have I've observed Christian after Christian after Christian die right here. This is not a good place to die. This is not a good place to stop in your Christian life. And, uh, and, and it's just simply because uh, we, we, people throw up their hands and they quit uh, during that time. Now, again, in this passage, he gives some warnings. He, in verse, look down at verse 8. He says, um, in chapter 3 and verse 8, he says, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. One of the, one of the warnings is be careful because if you don't respond right in here, you're going to get burned. You're going to get bitter. You're going to get a hard heart. Uh, you're you're going to become calloused to the things of God if you're not careful. Uh, you got to keep your faith. You got to keep your trust in God. Uh, through this whole thing. Otherwise, there's hardness that's going to take place in your heart, and you don't want that. Um, an, another warning he gives is he, he tells them that, that uh, they erred in their heart, and they did not know the ways of God. Another thing that God takes us through this for is he teaches us some things about how he thinks, how he works, what are his ways. And if you'll stay faithful during this time and endure during this time and trust God during that time, you'll learn those things. But if you don't, you won't. And the children of Israel did not learn his ways. And, and uh, they erred in their heart because of that. And then look down in verse 12. In verse 12 of chapter 3. It says, uh, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Uh, he warns us about an evil heart of unbelief. And, and again, uh, departing from God. Uh, what that simply is, is doing things our way rather than his way. And going our route rather than following what, what God would have for us. So with all those things in mind, uh, let's, let's take a look at what, what are the purposes of the wilderness. Uh, when you respond right as you're going down through this, and then God takes you up, and, and uh, where this thing ends is the... Uh, Love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. We learn how to love God. We learn how to love others 
better when we go through this thing and then God teaches us patience and experience and hope and we get some boldness and we're not ashamed. And then it says the, the last thing is the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You grow in that love. So what are some purposes of the wilderness? Well, first, first of off, purpose of the wilderness is to test our faith and to test our character and to strengthen our faith and to strengthen our character. Um, over in 2 Peter, it uh, gives us the building blocks for Christian growth. And it says, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Uh, before you can handle more knowledge in the Christian life, you better get a little extra virtue. And the truth of the matter is, most of us when we got saved, we're pretty low in the virtue tank. Uh, and, and, and because of that, one of the greatest needs, I believe, that a new convert has is not get more Bible doctrine and, and get all your questions answered. No, get some virtue. Get some character. Get some moral excellence so when, when the, the proper knowledge comes along, you can handle it. And boy, I have watched... Uh, New convert after new convert after new convert, particularly in this day and age, fail in that area simply because they were short on virtue. So it, it tests our faith. It tests our character. Another thing the wilderness does, it gets us to depend upon God. Uh, you know, the, the whole purpose for God continually throwing uh, problem after problem after problem to the Israelites was not so he could wear them down. It was so he could strengthen their faith and they could, they could realize that, hey, you know, God took care of us at the, at the Red Sea. God took care of us at the waters of Marah. Well, then the next test, God can take care of us too. That's what he wanted them to do. That's, that's where he wanted them to go. He wanted that, that uh, uh, dependence and belief in God to strengthen but instead, they questioned him every step of the way. Another thing that the wilderness does is that it makes us more usable. And I, I think one of the ways that it really makes us usable is it tenderizes our hearts. Um, there, there, there is something good about, about uh, going through difficulties. Um, it humbles us. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And by the way, one of the biggest problems you have in your life and one of the biggest problems I have in my life is I think too much of myself and you think too much of yourself. And, we, you know, we, that, and there's, I'm, I'm sorry, but there's never a time when that is taken care of. There will be a time when either we go through the blessed hope or uh, we go because of death. Then it'll be taken care of. But until then, that's a constant battle. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to heaven. No pride in heaven. <laughs> you know, you don't have to battle that thing uh, up there. But down here, you have to battle it. And uh, it, uh, it, it, what, what, what going through those, that wilderness does is, is it makes us tender. You know, uh, uh, <clears throat> we, we do this often. My wife will, will buy a, a little bit cheaper uh, grade of, of steak and she'll want me to put it on the grill. Before she puts it on the grill, sometimes what she'll do, she'll often marinate it, and that will tenderize it a little bit. But then I've seen her take one of those mallets and just beat the snot out of it. Not that, not that there's snot in meat, I know that, but nonetheless. Uh, you know, she, just, she, she just beats it to death. What, what does that beating do? Well, it makes it tender. Sometimes there's some beating that goes on here. And you get beat down. It's tough. It's hard. I understand that. But there's a reason for that. What it's supposed to do is tenderize us. Don't let it make you bitter. Don't let it make you get angry. That's not what it's for. It's to tenderize you, make you more usable. Um, another thing that the wilderness does is it works, works on others and teaches them or straightens them out. In other words, your example can be a blessing to others. 
You know, I've, I've watched folks in this church go through some tougher stuff than I've ever been through and done it with the right attitude. You know what it does to me? Man, it puts me in, in, in conviction when I, when I complain about small stuff. About the time, uh, I've, I've had problems over the years with, with my neck. Uh, just, I, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, I was over at the post office, and uh, uh, it was real icy that day, and they had put, they had put some salt on the, on the ramp. I didn't even go up the stairs. I was going up the ramp, and I made it up the ramp fine. I got, got the mail. I came back out. I started walking, and I mean, it was totally unannounced. I didn't see it coming. My feet just went right up from underneath me like that. And I went, boom, right flat on my back on the, on the, uh, on the ramp, uh, concrete ramp, by the way, uh, which was a lot of fun. And uh, there, was, there was a couple that was across the street. They heard the thud, and the thud was my head hitting the, 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 the concrete. And they rushed over, and they asked if I was all right, and I was okay. Um, you know, I, I was a little sore after that, and I thought I was going to have to go to the chiropractor. I ended up not going. But, but I, I started getting a little bit of an attitude. And then I thought about Sam Gipp. He goes through that kind of stuff every single, I don't mean the falling, but the, the neck problems. And what I had because of that fall was nothing compared to what he has to go through every single day. Um, I know because I've heard you, you folks talk, those of you that know him well, and even those of you that don't. You've talked about, about, boy, you know, God's grace is just all over him because of that, and I pray for him, and well, then you know what? You're benefiting from his wilderness. You're benefiting from, and part of the reason why we go through that is not just for us. It's so we can have the right kind of testimony and be a blessing and help and an encouragement to other people. Um, another thing that, that the um, wilderness does is that it, it gives you heart for others going through the same thing or similar things. Uh, if you've been through the wilderness and, and you see somebody else, you, you know, you made it through to the other side and uh, uh, you see somebody else going through their wilderness at that particular juncture in their life, man, your heart goes out to them. At least it ought to. It ought to. Uh, you, again, that's part of the tenderizing process. And it causes you to pray for them. And it causes you to be a, an encouragement. You can go up to them and say, look, I know, I know it's tough. And I know, you, you know you're struggling right now. But God took me through mine. I know my God will take you through yours. I know that you'll, you'll end up going on the other side if you stay faithful. Another thing it does is it gives you understanding of why others do some of the things that they do. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, you, go, you go through this thing and you have a temptation to get bitter and you have a temptation to get angry and you have a temptation to, uh, to, to give in to lust and you have a temptation to, uh, to put God second and you have a temptation to, to do those things that we're warned about. And uh, uh, then you get, you get straightened out and you go on, down. well, then you're a little less critical of somebody else who's going through that. Same thing and having those same, same temptations. Why be careful when you think you're better than another Christian? I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. And I don't care what they do. And I don't care who they are. Uh, be careful. Because the truth of the matter is, God took you through your own wilderness uh, trips so that so you could learn to have a little compassion on, on other folks. Another thing that, um, <clears throat> another thing that, the wilderness does for us a benefit is it, it it shows God's power in our lives and it shows it again to us but it also shows it to others and uh, other people you know other when when uh, when God did things for Israel other nations took notice and you find that all the way through the Old Testament you know other nations knew who Israel's God was uh, and that, that there were things that Israel was able to accomplish, not because they were a great nation, but because God was their great God and went on their behalf and was strong on their behalf. 
So it, it shows God's power to you, and it also shows God's power to others. Another thing that the wilderness does, it teaches you to love others in spite of their warts. Uh, one of the things you learn when you, when you spend time in one place, in one church for many years, you learn that everyone is not as they seem. And by the way, you're not either. <laughs> We're, we all have warts, you know? And uh, you know what I appreciate? I appreciate folks after 32 years knowing what my warts are and loving me anyway. And honestly, I get, I get a little put out when I see folk, other folks getting put, put out because of somebody else's warts. Truth of the matter is, you've forgotten how many you've got. And uh, the purpose of the wilderness is to show you, you know, you're not as strong as you think you are. And we're not. You know, what, what amazes me many times, uh, and, you know, and I see this, I see this in my life. What amazes me is how little it, it takes to give me a sour attitude. You know, uh, uh, we, we, live in, we live in central New York. I was talking with some folks about this after service. Isn't it sad how that five gray days in a row will give us on the sixth day of grayness a, a, uh, a, a down spirit and a depressed attitude? We ought to be, we ought to be better than that. <laughs> we, ought to, we ought to be above that. And... Uh, uh, it, it, just, it just amazes me sometimes just how, how little it takes. And the wilderness shows you that and shows you just how, how desperately you and I need God. Uh, it, the wilderness increases our love for God and increases our love for others. When we make it through and we, we come through this process and we learn the patience and experience the hope and not being ashamed, the, the, the end result is the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. If your love for God and your love of God toward others isn't growing, then there's something wrong. You ought to have greater love now than you had two, three years ago. You ought to have greater patience with others now than you had two, three years ago. And you will if you respond properly when you go through the wilderness because those are the things that God teaches us and we grow in those things. It increases your love for God and it increases your love for others. And right along with that, it also increases and grows your gratefulness. Uh, you know, <clears throat> and again, I've, I've told you this before, but, but uh, uh, I, I really believe, without a doubt, those three and a half years in Western New York when I pastored out there, I don't know if any of those people got any benefits at all from me being there, but I got a benefit from them. You say, you got a benefit from them? Some of the stuff they did? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that whole thing was just for me. It was for, I needed that. And I needed it desperately. Um, I'm a different pastor here than I would have been had I come right from, right from Green Bay and come right here. I had to go through three and a half years in western New York. That wilderness was for me. That was absolutely necessary for me. There are times when uh, over these 32 years when I've developed a little bit of a complaining spirit. And God leans over the banister of heaven, cups his hand and whispers in my ear, you want another Yorkshire? And I say, no, Lord, I think it's just wonderful here right now the way it is. <laughs> and, and I am just so thankful for this problem that I was previously griping and complaining about, which I'm not complaining about anymore. <laughs> Uh, what it does is it, it, gives you, it gives you an attitude of gratefulness. And let, let, me, let me conclude with, with just some things that we need to remember as we're going through the wilderness, and then I'm done. I'm not, we're not going to spend much time on this, but things to remember when you're going through 
through that, that, wilderness, that wilderness trip. Number one, stay humble. Stay humble. Uh, don't let pride get a hold of you. Number two, stay grateful. Uh, remember, daily he loadeth you with benefits. Start looking for them because they're there, even in the wilderness, even in the wilderness. And the truth of the matter is you look at, you look at uh, Israel and God provided for them over and over and over again. Yeah, they had trouble. They had difficulties. They went up against some brick walls, but God always provided for them. You know what those were? Those were benefits. Well, the problem is they weren't very grateful. They weren't very thankful. And you start, you start losing your gratefulness in here, you're going to lose the battle. You're not going to get out of that, that experience and that trip what God wants you to get. Third thing is remember what God, remember what God saved you from. Remember what he saved you from. He, he saved you from two things. He saved you from slavery. You were a slave to sin before you got saved. And, and secondly, he saved you from condemnation. You know, he that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not, the scripture says, is condemned already. Before you got saved, you were condemned already. God saved you from that. He saved you from slavery. He saved you from, from condemnation. Remember that while, while you're in the wilderness. You've always got something to be grateful and thankful and joyful about even when you're going through the wilderness trip. And then, then fourthly, uh, stay close to God. You know, don't do what Israel did. Moses went up in the, on Mount Sinai, and uh, after, after, we don't know exactly how many days, but before the 40 days were over, they were worshiping a golden calf. I mean, 40 days, that's just a little over a month. Somewhere in that, in, in that time period, they switched gods. They, they went from Jehovah God to the, the golden calf God. Don't switch gods. Uh, you know, stay close to God. Uh, don't slack during that time on, on, on spending time in your Bible. Don't slack, and the temptation is to do that, to slack on, on Bible, on prayer, on church. Don't do that. Every time church doors are open, Come during that, that, that wilderness trip because it'll strengthen you and it'll help you. The fifth thing you do is, is you avoid the 10 and hang around the two. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, when they, when, when they sent the spies into the land, 12 of them went in. 10 came back, said, no, we can't do it. It's too, too, the obstacles are too big. And the two came back and says, we can't not do it because our God's too big. Has nothing to do with, with uh, uh, those folks over there and their, their size and, and what we'd be up against. It has everything to do with how, good, how, how big our God is. Don't spend time around the 10 when you're in the wilderness. Spend time around the two. Be around people that will encourage you and help your faith. Number six, uh, do right regardless of the circumstances. And the circumstances sometimes will get really tough. The circumstances at times will get really tight in the wilderness. Always do right. Last of all, last of all, just don't quit and believe God. You know, the blessing comes after the obedience. The blessing comes after the persistence. Um, and again, I've watched it. I've watched it with preachers. I've watched it with, uh, with individual Christians. I've watched it with whole families. They get about three quarters of the way in, into the wilderness and they just say, it's not worth it. We're done. We're finished. And, and, and they, they turn their direction uh, in, 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 an, in, another, in another way, and they, they stop following God and the thing. The, the blessing is right around the corner, and God's got it for you, and he's getting ready to take you on this trip up through patience and experience and hope and not being ashamed and the love of God being shed abroad in your heart, and you throw up your hands and you say, I'm done, that's it, I'm through. 
and doubt and, and unbelief come in, and doubt and unbelief always are disabling, and they rob us of the blessing on the other side. You know what they rob us of? They rob us of the promised land. And I realize, just like the wilderness is different for each person, that, that, that those, those blessings and that promised land on the other side is different for each individual, but it's there. And it's individualized and it's personalized and it's just for you because God has designed it for you. But we need to make sure that we, that we stay faithful, get through the wilderness and get that promise and get that rest and get that blessing that God has for us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for, thank you for the example that you've given to us in Scripture. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be able to understand what the, the Israelites went through. And that first generation could have had the blessing. That first generation the reason why you took them out of Egypt in the first place was take them to the promised land, and they never got there. Second generation did. And praise the Lord, they did. But the first generation should have. Lord, uh, I don't want to miss that blessing that you've got after we go through the wilderness. And I've, I've watched folks here, folks I'm looking at tonight, uh, go through wilderness after wilderness after wilderness journey. And Lord, uh, when they went, went through it right, they got the blessing on the other side. And uh, Lord, whenever we get bitter or we switch gods or, or we let uh, unbelief uh, uh, disable us, God, it's not a pretty picture. And so Father, I pray that you'd teach us something tonight. Give us some tenacity tonight. Give us some determination tonight. Uh, help us to realize that uh, everybody goes through the wilderness. That's how you train your people. Uh, you train preachers that way. You train families that way. You train individuals that way. Uh, that's, that, that's how you work because that's how we learn how to trust our God. Lord, work on this invitation. Have your will and way. And we'll be careful to thank you and to praise you for what you do in our hearts. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.